UFC Fight Night Hermanson versus Pfeiffer goes down this Saturday, February 10th at the Apex in Las Vegas. We are going to be breaking down some of the exciting fights going down on that card. And we're going to tell you who will end 2024 as the heavyweight, light heavyweight, and middleweight champion of the world. That's right. We're future tellers on this one now. All that and more coming up on the Fight Pit. Welcome back into the Fight Pit. It is so great to be back with y'all. We have got the Drew episode today, as you can see. My name is Kyle. I'm joined, of course, by Drew, Gage, and Sean. We are going to be talking about all things UFC Fight Night, Hermanson versus Piper. Before we get to that, I do have to shout out our amazing sponsor at Pillow Fight. Look, if you are anything like me, you need the right pillow to fall asleep. Luckily, Pillow Fight is that right pillow. I'm talking about the difference between tossing and turning versus sleeping like you just got punched in the jaw by Max Payne Griffin. So get yourself to Pillow Fight to start getting better sleep and use the link in our description to save yourself even more money. It's a no-brainer, folks. Get yourself better sleep so you are able to attack your day in the mornings. Thank you to Pillow Fight for sponsoring this episode. Now, we came off of a nice two-in-one on our uh, lack of an episode predictions. We did have some shorts. Make sure you check those out on our new YouTube channel, The Fight Pit on YouTube. Still a house call affiliate, but we are making our own channel for all things combat sports related. Make sure you check out the new Fight Pit YouTube channel. Now, 12 and seven on the year so far, lads. We are going to look to improve that on this fight night. Kicking it off on our main card, we have got a middleweight matchup between Hadolfo Vieira, the absolutely phenomenal Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, and Armin Petrosian, the Muay Thai mauler from uh, Russia and Armenia, if I'm, if I'm uh, correct. Uh, uh, Armin Petrosian is bringing a 9-2 record into this, coming off of back-to-back -back wins, both decisions. He has had a bit of a decision slump since getting into the UFC, obviously had a phenomenal knockout win on the Contender Series, but since then has not been able to get the finish. I do think he is going to be hungry for that, but he has got a tough test in Hadolfo Vieira, coming off of a win over Cody Brundage, great arm triangle choke early in uh 2023 <clears throat> 2023 uh he's gone 500 in his last four you know kind of kind of getting his taking his lumps as he tries to climb the ranks in the ufc you kind of expect that with one one of these more unpolished up-and-coming fighters especially one who was so focused on one discipline like Adolfo vieira this one is very interesting it's Razor thin betting line, basically pick them odds. Adolfo Vieira is a slight favorite at minus 115. Armin Petrosian is at minus 105. So it is truly a coin flip between these two. I like this one to go the distance. I don't think that you'll necessarily see a finish. We haven't seen Adolfo Vieira have a tendency for getting knocked out, has not had his chin necessarily cracked in his career to this point. Armin Petrosian has not. <clears throat> Gosh, I can't get this frog out of my throat. Uh, <laughs> still seeking that first UFC finish. I do think this is going to end up being a unanimous decision win for Armin Petrosian. I think he's got just a little bit more of a complete game, uh, whereas Adolfo Vieira very much just going for those submissions. And he can absolutely sync one up, like sprinkle a little bit on maybe a second round submission out of Adolfo Vieira. But for me on this one, I am going with Armin Petrosian by a unanimous 
decision. Moving right down along this car, we've got to talk about a prelim that we had the great pleasure of interviewing one of the fighters involved in this matchup, Max Payne Griffin. The fight card has finally come. He has taken on Jeremiah Wells. We talked a little bit of preview on this one, so I'm going to throw it to Drew to give us the breakdown on this welterweight matchup. Uh, which Drew are we throwing it to exactly? Uh, sorry, sorry. OG Drew. <laughs> Dude, uh, this already already my favorite episode. We're starting it off with <laughs> starting it off on a good note. I appreciate you guys. Um, Max Griffin, you know, we we talked with the dude. He is he's been ready to go. He's always ready to go. He is uh, he's perpetually uh, in in fight camp, ready to ready to throw down whenever it's time coming off the decision loss to Michael Morales, which, you know, as we covered before, nothing to really turn your nose up at Michael Morales, a really tough prospect uh, on a tear. And, uh, you know, it it happens, uh, you know, you catch those guys coming up and sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. Um, Max Griffin is going into this fight as a plus 135 underdog going up against Jeremiah Wells uh, has a 12 and three record one draw five KO wins four submissions three decisions he's also coming off a loss to uh Carlston Harris by submission but uh before that loss he was on a six fight win streak that included Matthew Semmelsberger Court McGee Worley Alves so uh even though he hasn't been doing it as long as Max got some some good wins under his belt um has already put together a solid win streak knows what it's like to string wins together uh, haven't haven't seen too much of him coming off losses, so it'll be interesting to see if he's able to bounce back. Um, Max Griffin, just veteran OG uh, in the game. You know we've we've seen just about everything out of Max that we could. We've seen him, uh, you know, fight through adversity. We've seen him bounce back off of losses, off of tough losses. We've seen him get some stellar wins, some stellar finishes. We've seen him collect an ears, uh, figuratively and literally. Uh, he is he has ni- he's nineteen and ten. He has nine KO wins, two submission wins, and. Uh, eight decision wins so he's got the the veteran experience on his side he has uh faced it all you know there isn't a type of fighter that he hasn't seen I don't think Jeremiah Wells is going to show him anything different I don't think you know it's going to be anything that he hasn't I am counting on this fight to not go the distance I'm counting on this fight to be exciting it's going to be a fire fight from the very get-go i think if there isn't a finish by either man which you know could happen either way neither of these guys are strangers to finishes i am taking max griffin either under two and a half rounds or by decision i think if it goes to a decision it's max griffin no matter what thousand percent uh jeremiah wells just has this tendency to get gassed and i think if max gets it to the cards it's a guaranteed win for him but like we, I mean, we had the privilege of seeing the guy. He is lean. He is looking good. He's looking like he can throw some heat. And when you tire yourself out, like Jeremiah Wells tends to, more of a front runner, burns a lot of energy quick, that can open you up to the possibility of getting finished. That is definitely something to watch for a, you know, dark horse fight of the night on the prelims. But moving back to the main card, we have got the veteran Michael Johnson taking on Darius Flowers. Uh, Sean, I'm throwing it to you. Give me your breakdown on this lightweight matchup. 
<clears throat> Michael Johnson, the elder, the veteran, he's fought everyone. 22 and 19. Yes, that record looks horrible, but he has fought some absolute studs. Then you have Darius Flowers, 29 years old, good prospect. Uh, <clears throat> he did lose his last fight by submission. He is a knockout artist. If you get it to the ground, you have a very good shot at winning it right there and then. Thing is, Michael Johnson doesn't take many fights to the ground. He likes his clean boxing, which he's very good at, but he's been knocked out viciously many times. And that's the scary thing about it. Even though he's the favorite, I think I'm going to take Darius Flowers, the underdog here, because he does have in his uh, 12 wins, he has nine KOs and seven in the first round. And I just feel like if if Michael Johnson just messes up once, it that could be it on this fight. And it, obviously, if it goes decision, there's no doubt about it. This is one of those that I'm going to go with Michael Johnson. I don't see any way Darius wins a decision here because um, Michael's going to definitely way more volume, control of the pace. And he's still fighting very good, Michael Johnson, but it's it's just he gets caught. And it happens quite often. And he just came off a vicious KO loss. So I just, I think father time, it's just something, it's religious at this point with us is we always find one veteran that it's about, it's, it's time for them to go. The, I had to put this on the breakdown. I had to put this one. On the yeah. breakdown. We always talk about the veterans, man. We yeah. It's, it's, it's religious at this point that it's like, all right, it's time for someone to go. And it's like, I don't know what he has to do left in this sport. Like he, he doesn't have to do this unless it's money like that's so i i do believe if he does get finished we he should leave too so yeah. i'm gonna go with darius flowers by ko i'll i'll go first round just because statistically it makes sense it's where he likes to do it yep and i think something to note uh if i'm not mistaken i believe sean is undefeated in his pick since he's been back John has not made an incorrect pick since coming back. That is 100% factual. Um, we have not been. We have not been 100%. We had we we had a couple of hiccups with those with those first couple of title fights of the year. Sue us. I picked Rikus Duplessis though, so save that. We're good. We're all good. We still have a 12 and seven record too. Like if you're not with us, what are you doing? Those are that like we we're we're doing this, people. It's pretty numbers, man. It's all pretty numbers on this side. It's pretty numbers, man. Every time I look at it, I'm just like, <laughs> we got it going. No, Sean, I couldn't agree with you more. This is definitely one of those fights. You broke it down perfectly. If it's a finish, you know it was Darius Flowers. If it's decision, you know it was Michael Johnson. Like those are the two ways this fight goes. But I am leaning way more towards it being a Darius Flowers finish. Uh, moving right down along, we've only got three more fights to preview. Uh, we've got Brad Tavares taking on Gregory Rodriguez-Gage. Talk to me about these middleweights. <clears throat> so Brad Tavares is coming off a win against Chris Weidman, which it was a win, but it's Chris Weidman, if you watched that fight, was clearly not himself and did not look good coming back. And didn't really much for me in a way that he still went to decision. Brad Tavares still can't finish a fight in the in between the distance, even against <clears throat> a Chris Weidman who really just was a shell, a shell in there. Very uh, like not down talking Chris Weidman because of his 
great, great career, but that was not it. Uh, Gregory, Ro Gregory Robocop, awesome nickname, Rodriguez, <laughs> uh, is oh, has only w lost one fight in his UFC tenure, and that was to Armin Petrusian, who we talked about earlier. <clears throat> uh, they are both very similar in how they want to take this fight. Uh, Brad's takedown defense is ridiculous. If you look his past fights, uh, he shut out a lot of good people. He uh, fought Drykus in 2021, and Drykus went 0 for 7 on takedowns mm -hmm. against Brad. So I don't think this would be a big part of Gregory's game, even though he does, he can take people down, does work on the ground well, but I don't think Brad will let him get in there. He's faced way better grapplers, way better wrestlers, and has avoided the takedowns. So I don't think that's going to be a big part of it. And if it does come down to the ground, I'd be very, very surprised if it did. But I would give Gregory the edge on the ground 100% if it got down there. But I don't think it will. Uh, they don't strike high volume, either of these guys. And they both are counterpunching, trying to get the big blow. And high percentage significant strikes, very good accuracy. The only difference is Gregory has way more power in his hands. Way more power. I would like to say I don't see this going to decision. Because Brad, Brad did get knocked out two fights ago. To Bruno Silva in the first round. I don't know if how well his chin's going to hold up against someone that has hits a lot harder than Chris Weidman was hitting. Could Chris really test his jaw? So I, I'm very curious on how that goes. But I would put money that those power shots and how they both counterpunch is going to be a slow first round. So I don't think it'll be a first round. I think the second round is where Gregory knocks out Brad Tavares. Like, there it like is. TKO like style, it. but it's if I had to put it down. If it goes to decision, look for Brad Tavares to take that, though, because he's a decision guy. Big, big, big time point guy. He, he can he can get some good he can get some good cards right out for him. But I don't like his odds against Gregory Rodriguez. And like you said, they, you know, a couple of slower starters don't look for a first round here, but second round. Grab eh, Tavares has been put out. Rodriguez swings sledgehammers he's too. So powerful, man! Like he's <clears throat> so freaking powerful. It's ridiculous. Uh, before we get to co-main event, anyone want to jump in with any saves? Speak now, or forever hold your peace. Speak now, or forever hold your wraps. No saves. We got three, uh, three underdog picks though. Three underdog so picks, and I, we I got some money play. to be made, no, baby. Uh, Greg, Gregory's uh, pretty sure he's the no. Yeah, Gregory's yeah, favorite. Greg. Greg's the favorite. Petrosian, Flowers, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. Petrosian's minus 105, so essentially a pick em, but technically still the dog in that fight. We're riding with the dogs on this one. Listen, our, our, our record speaks for itself. And if Sean is picking a dog, that's good enough for me. I shouldn't be I'm not gonna keep putting this pressure on you. I'm sorry. Before we jump <laughs> to the uh the co-main and main, I want to give another shout out real quick too. We got Max Griffin. Um, I also need to shout out the homie Hyder Emil, who is on the undercard of this uh this this weekend's card. He is uh going up against Fernie Garcia. Uh, Hyder Emil has been scheduled, I think, for two or three different people. He's had a few different opponents fall out on this one, but uh, he's the homie from back home. He's a consummate professional, ready to go as always. So uh, Max and Hyder, uh, shout out to the guys from back home, dude. We're going to be rooting for them. Look out for, uh, make sure you guys tune in early too, because they're going to be some banging fights. 
there's so many good fights on the prelims on this one like it was so hard to pick four fights to preview i'm gonna be honest right but that's how we that's how we do it for fight nights you get the whole card on pay-per-views and takes an hour and a half but we do it (laughs) and now we're gonna talk about this co-main event because my god andre feely stepping in on short notice you know how we feel about short notice here on the house call and it doesn't help that he's going up against dan 50k ege I love this guy. I'm such a big Dan Ige fan. Don't get me wrong. Love Andre Feely. Very exciting when he first broke into the UFC, but has not been able to sustain any level of momentum. And on the other side of it, Dan Ige has fought a who's who at 145. Korean Zombie, Josh Emmett, Bryce Mitchell, Calvin Cater. These are the people that constitute Dan Ige's seven losses. I want to point something out. Dan Ige's never been finished in his 17 wins and seven losses. Those those unbelievable performances we see out of Dan Ige. I'm giving my pick away and I don't even care. Yes, I'm going with Dan Ige. And I think Dan Ige is going to be able to put Andre Feely to sleep. I'm talking about a third round TKO win for Dan Ige. I'm sorry I jumped the gun, y'all. I'm just going to throw it right to Drew Sizzle to talk to me about this co-main event. Co-main event, uh, originally scheduled, I can't remember the guy's name. This was uh, originally Dan Ige versus, uh, like, Lerone Murphy or something like that, I believe. Um, Lerone Murphy Lerone drops Murphy, yeah. out. Is that it? Yeah, yeah Lerone Murphy. So, Lerone Murphy drops out. Uh, Andre Feely steps in. And uh, I, dare I say, no disrespect to Lerone Murphy, this fight got... Uh, a little bit more exciting in my opinion um we got dan ige 17 and 7 5 ko wins five submission wins seven decision wins <clears throat> andre feely doesn't feel like he's been doing it this long uh but he's 23 and 10 uh 10 ko's three submissions 10 decisions uh ige is uh i don't remember the specs for lerone murphy but ige is giving up three inches in height and three inches in reach um just based on visuals i thought that it was uh, a little bit more of a discrepancy uh size wise in favor of feely than that uh but it's uh it's it's man this can be just such a good fucking fight i'm i'm excited for this one this one is like two two guys that you know you don't ever expect any either of these guys to to have a boring fight it doesn't matter who they're going up against no matter what which way you dice it every time you see either of these names you know that there's going to be some violence it's going to be exciting somebody is you know throwing bolos and it's just whoever drops first most of the time uh these two are are the ones uh you know uh putting the putting the pressure on moving forward being exciting uh moving pushing the pace and and you know keeping the action flowing going against each other it's going to be tough to call though uh i think this is going to be a striking match i don't see either of these guys uh trying to move it towards the ground in favor of you know trying to keep an advantageous position and and win on points i think both of these guys are going to be looking for the finish it's like we said man very tough to go against dan ige this is hawaii versus northern california 
like just the absolute toughest call for me. Uh, I don't want to see either of these guys lose. I think if it is under two and a half rounds, if there if there's a finish uh, anywhere in the first two rounds, it could go either way. Like we said, Dan Ige doesn't get finished. Haven't seen uh, Feely get finished very often. It has happened, you know, against Yair Rodriguez. Uh, he's been on the he's been on the you know the rough end of some some finishes in his day. Uh, under under two rounds, I say it goes either way. Uh, it's a toss up. If it makes it to a decision, I'm leaning Ige. Uh, he's been on a roll. He's been at the top in the upper echelon for a lot longer than Feely has, and he has that upper echelon experience. This I wouldn't be mad though if Feely gets it. This this could be Feely's chance to crack you know the crack the up the upper ups you know as far as the weight class goes uh i don't know if this is his highest ranked opponent but it's one of them for sure uh gonna be a tough fight short notice is always tough man they do not do well it, it's the the odds are not on feely's side on this one but my heart's with feely my my brain is with ige i'm i'm gonna take ige by decision there it is folks and it's it just it just makes sense and it's tough because we obviously love both of these fighters but you just look at the body of work of dan Ige, and you know yeah he's had a bit of a rough patch recently but he got to basically the highest heights of the featherweight division could not capitalize on that and that does happen i absolutely think dan Ige can get right back into that title conversation and i really hope he does because i'm a big big dan Ige fan uh gage i'm throwing it to you give me your thoughts on the co-main uh well you guys made a lot of great points already and touched on a lot of stuff i want to touch on <clears throat> kyle mostly uh so the last time dan Ige lost two fights in a row was in 2021 to the korean zombie and then Josh Emmett. Happens. He's not going to yeah. lose two in a row. Shit happens. <laughs> to Andre Feely on short notice. I just, I went, again, I went against the short notice fight one time and, it got, and I got burned from it. Um, and I'm not going to make that mistake again. It's I'm also a big Dan Ega guy. Like, especially since I, when I got into the sport a couple of years ago and he was really on that run and really was always fighting, always had these big fights, was on always on the main card and had these tremendous fights against a lot of people that knocked people out very quickly and was taking them the distance and refused to be just another notch in that KO belt to a lot of people. <clears throat> Danny Eakin is also a very technical boxer, has a lot of hands, lots of good power in his hands, and it's just a bad matchup for anyone like coming into a camp that you don't train to fight Danny Eakin. And you can say, oh, well, Danny, you didn't train it for a camp for Andre Feely. Oh, okay. Like, his cardio is there. He's, he's going to just go to rely on his striking, which is his bread and butter. It's going to work. And, like, he's so also I'm a good grappler. All like, in people Danny. Don't Ige. Enough, people don't give Danny enough credit for his grappling either. Yeah. I'm all in Danny. Uh, I. I think Feely does have enough just adjacent, like regular cardio off the street to get past the second round, but third round is going to be really rough for him. So I I think he survives the third round, but I think it's Dan Ige by points all day. Unanimous. There it is. Three on Dan Ige. Sean, are you going to take us to a unanimous decision? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Let's I'm go. Not gonna, I'm not going to add too much to it just because everyone hit it pretty good. Um, <clears throat> only thing else to add is really that Dan Ige really kills it against um, unranked opponents. His his losses, the seven losses, I think five of them have been against ranked opponents. So it short notice unranked opponent, you're getting your shot against a guy that doesn't get finished. It's it's just a tall mountain to climb here. So Danny Gay, I'm gonna say decision. Just if and I, this is definitely a fight of the night contender for sure. For, Absolutely. Yeah. So there could be another 50k for Danny Gay. I hope so, man. I hope so. We are locked in on Dan 50k Ige. Much love to Andre Feely. Don't get it twisted. But it's just, you know how we feel about short notice fights here on the house call. Now we've got a fight here in the main event that is not short notice. We have been expecting these two middleweights to square off for a little bit of time now. Talking about number 11 ranked Jack Hermanson versus unranked Phenom Joe Piper. This is going to be awesome, people. This is good. This is a great main event. Like a lot of people who don't, you know, you know, the uninitiated will look at this main event and be like, oh, Hermanson versus Piper. What is that? And I'm like, no, you want to watch this main event. This is going to be fun. You've got the 12 and 2 Joe Piper coming off of his, you know, back to back wins and actually no back to back to back wins after being on the contender series going up against a fan favorite veteran in Jack the Joker Hermanson coming off of a TKO loss to Roman Delice. Joe Piper is very much favored in this one, but it is really hard. It's really hard in our in my heart to pick against the Joker just because of all the fun times he's given us, the great fights, the, you know, the heel hook against Kelvin Gastelum, the absolute banger he had with Marvin Vittori. Some of my favorite fights have included Jack Hermanson, but with this, this feels like a tale as old as time, the older veteran being fed to the younger up-and-coming prospect with a lot of momentum on his side in Joe Pfeiffer. Sean, I'm throwing it right to you, my man. Give me your breakdown on this main event. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for this card because I know it's vi- uh, this this fight because it's violence. It really is going to be. There's no way it's not. Uh, so if anyone's questioning about these guys, you're, you're about to see see probably a bloodbath. You're going. Um, the only way it isn't if somehow one of these two pull off a quick submission, but which both can do. Uh, I think Joe is going to be pushing the pace. He's very good at range. He's he's one of those guys that's like, how the hell do you always have the range on someone else so quickly? It, it seems like in the first 30 seconds, he already knows. He already knows, yeah. and it's time to pick you apart, and he has power. Um, I think Jack, his biggest way to win this other than a sneaky submission is he has to get into a brawl. Get it up against a cage. Get into one of those where uh, go tie to Avasa style. Get it up against the cage and just let's do it right here. And, yep. And but I do not think that's going to be the case. I think Joe is going to win this fight, and the, obviously this fight should be a, uh, should be a finish. It should. There's no way this is making decision in my eyes. I think the I think it's three and a half is the rounds, and even that I kind of like the under. I like three and a half. Under on three yeah. and a half. Yeah, yeah three and a half. I like the under too. Check your blood pressure, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if it makes four or five rounds, then obviously this will win fight at night. But I still think the co-main is going to win fight at night. Uh, 
I I say Joe's going to win. Uh, TKO. I'll go with third round. Yeah, it's it's so hard to go against. It's so hard to go against Joe Pfeiffer. He has, you know, really just shown out since you know that loss on the Contender Series. Got right back, got right back to it, and just been knocking people out and just come off of a technical arms uh, arm triangle. This is this is a stud who is you know going to be rising through the ranks fast. There's no doubt in my mind. Gage, give me your thoughts on Piper Hermanson. Uh, if you think this fight goes past round one, I seriously think you need to watch some tape. <laughs> and if miraculously these guys make it past round one, we're going to see some awesome. very interesting late rounds because they are going to be throwing absolute bombs in those first two rounds. Uh, so take the under. <laughs> take take under whatever it is. Three and a half, all I'm saying. Got to take the under. This. Um can't count out Jack. You can't. You really can't. Just of how long he's been doing it, how people he's fought, and how he stood the test of time in a very, very powerful division. But if you look at Joe Pfeiffer, look at him. He's the underdog, too, which is crazy to me how far off it is. But having Jack, I think I remember last look from Kyle Stats, plus 245. 225, yeah. 225. Which I thought it was going to be a pick honestly. But I guess, like, Jack is nothing, again, nothing to, like, put your nose up at. But the body of work Joe's put together in his last three fights is very impressive. And they have been very quick work. Uh, I think he is ready to take that step up in the competition. Jack is, again, very, very good competition. Very stiff competition. This is going to be haymaker after haymaker after haymaker until someone's jaw just cannot take it. And my money is a younger guy can take it more. Yeah. So I got Joe first round knockout. I'm gonna say four thirty-five into the round. <laughs> Last minute. There it is, man. Right before you get the clappers. Damn, that's a heartbreak. <laughs> I can see it though. It's so God, Joe Pfeiffer. I'm I'm just excited to watch this fight. It's a, it's it's just such an awesome matchup. Like you couldn't ask for two more game middleweights to be squaring off. Drew, round us out, man. What do you got for Hermanson Piper? <clears throat> Once again, unanimous across the board. Um, this surprisingly, I mean, we all think of Jack Hermanson as a submission guy. Guy's got eleven KO wins. Oh yeah, like. I, I I didn't I thought that that might have been a mistake I thought I clicked on the wrong name when I was looking it up for this fight but um you know it's maybe because you know recent he's been doing um you know the the grappling matches and he's just one of those guys that you know we expect people to not want to go to the ground with him uh he's one of those guys that we are usually thinking, you know, his best bet in a fight is a submission. Um, so sneaky with the with the knockouts. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer, of course, you know, he's he's been doing the the media rounds. He was on Rogan. Uh, he's got a great story. He's, you know, one of those guys that you just cannot help but root for. Just like Sean Strickland, you know, one of those people that have overcome stuff in their personal life and you just want to see them do want to see them do well in everything that that they do moving forward um the 
stat that jumped out to me uh, was Joe Pfeiffer's takedown accuracy is at an 83%. Uh, up against someone like Jack Hermanson, uh, I believe Joe Pfeiffer averages three takedowns uh, per fight, or at least, you know, I, I see Joe Pfeiffer, his takedown stats, his ground stats just would lead you to believe that he is going to be the one looking to take it to the ground. I think Hermanson is the one that's going to try to take it to the ground in this one. I don't think anybody wants to stand with Joe Pfeiffer. Um, even though he's, you know, relatively fresh to the UFC and to the, to the, to the UFC fan base. Uh, he's been around for a long time. He's trained with a lot of, you know, savvy veterans. He's, He's seen it. He's he's been there, done that. We, you know, we haven't seen him in the limelight, but I think he's on his way. Um, and the odds for this fight, you know, they they show that the the odds makers are giving him quite the advantage on this one. Uh, he's what minus two seventy five. Two seventy five, dude. Given somebody damn near a three to one against somebody like Jack Hermanson ranked number 11, you know, an unranked fighter being a three to one favorite over number 11 is that says something that says something. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going the same with you boys. I, I don't think this goes, I think maybe this makes it to the second round. Maybe it makes it to the third round bell. I don't see it going anywhere near uh, three and a half. Uh, I, I am betting on a knockout on this one. I would say you could just to be safe, just just so that you sleep better at night uh, on Friday. You could sprinkle a little bit on Hermanson to, to get it under two and a half. But smart money's on Joe Pfeiffer. Smart money is on under two and a half. And uh, if this if this goes anywhere near the third round, I will be absolutely shocked. No, not a chance. There is there is not a chance that this fight even approaches 15 minutes in total time. I'm I'm completely locked in on Joe Pfeiffer by a first round TKO. It is it's hard to say that. It's I I really do hope that it comes later in the first. Don't get me wrong. It, like I absolutely can see Jack Hermanson being able to stretch this out into the second round, but man, he's going to have to take down Joe Piper a lot if he wants to do that, tire out the younger man, and I don't know that he will be able to do so. There you have it, though, folks. Those are our predictions for UFC Fight Night Hermanson versus Piper, and we have just a little bit more time. We're kicking off a new segment. We are going to be predicting who will end 2024 as champion of each division. We are starting with heavyweight, light heavyweight, and middleweight. We will each give our selections. I will start off by telling you right here, right now, 2024 will see its end with Tom Aspinall as the heavyweight champion of the world, Yuri Prohashka as the light heavyweight champion of the world, and in a surprise turn of events, Israel Adesanya will regain the middleweight championship of the world. Now, I will throw it right to you, Sean. Give me your take on who will end 2024 as champion in our three heaviest weight classes. So my heavyweight is I'm going to go with John Jones because of a stall out. He's not going to retire right after the match, and he's going to stall it out. And unfortunately, he's going to be the champion at the end of the year without 
like telling us, hey, am I done or not? So we could put it on Tom. No, so I'm going to say John Jones for heavyweight. Light heavyweight, I'm going to go with Jamal Hill. Uh, he's going to come back and he's going to win against uh, Alex Pereira or Magomed and Kalayev or whoever. I just, I just see Jamal Hill easily handling both. And then uh, middleweight, I'm going to also go Israel Adesanya. I think the matchup with Drakus is such a good matchup for him. Sean Strickland's such a bad matchup, but they're not going to do that rematch before the end of the year also. So I think Israel Adesanya ends up being our middle eight champion. There you go, folks. Gage, you're up next. Who you got for champion of heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight? Um, I'm going to also go with Tom Aspinall at heavyweight. And I think he is honestly the best heavyweight in the division right now. I don't think Cyril Gaon has a chance, snowball's chance of beating this man. And aside from the, you know, <clears throat> the conspiracy theory Sean's throwing out with John Jones, we, we know who the real heavyweight championship champion is right now. And it's unfortunately not John. It's, <laughs> it hates to say it's, it's not John right now. No, but, but we get to see both of those men fight in 2024. So it'll be no, at least a fun fight to watch. Fight, fun fights to watch because I think John does fight Stipe. And I don't think he plays Tom. I really don't. To unify no. it, but because <clears throat> that's a I terrible mean, fight. Stipe got Tom. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, Stipe, this is a terrible fight for both of those old guys. Why Why go He's into like, your last fight yes. t- fighting Tom Aspinall? Why? No. Um, light heavyweight. I'm going to go with Aris Pereira retaining it for the, for the year. All right. That man is a, a freak of nature. Boogeyman and a half by definition. He's been fighting barely over 10 fights and has won two championships in two different weight classes. The man is just not a human Hard being. to argue with. Against, against like, he, arguably the highest level competition you can do it against. At, slept at Sean Strickland. Almost slept Izzy. Then got slept by... Oh, he did... Well, almost slept Izzy. Then he got slept by Izzy. Came back. Beat Jan. And then beat Yuri. <laughs> like what? What kind of resume that is that in your first insane. seven fights? Like who does that? <clears throat> um, also, side note: I think Pereira does go fight Tom Aspinall at some point this year. Jesus Put that in my Christ. side long bet. Um, I ju- I really do think that happens this year. I love that. If he if he does fight Aspinall, who wins? So you just heard who you just heard who in 2024 is heavyweight champion. That's gonna be tough. Aspinall. I I would lean Tom, oh, but man. it's not gonna be. It's gonna be a pretty fight, but not a pretty fight. No, but like yeah. Tom is a true heavyweight that moves yeah, like man. no other true heavyweight yeah. I have ever seen in my life. But I, Alex does sit very heavy in the in the octagon, yeah. and he moves quickly. Like he fought middleweights, so it's gonna be it'll be a very very good fight, an interesting fight to cover, and. For middleweight, I'm gonna have to go with Izzy. I don't think he takes takes the whole year off. And if I'm Dana White, like the money making possibilities of putting him against Strikers, and like, oh come on, Dana's gonna sniff that money and be like, yeah, that's the fight. If it it all comes down to if Izzy wants it, though, it really does. True, very, very true. 
Well, we've got pretty almost unanimous on Izzy Adesanya. Drew, where are you going with the belts in 2024 for heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight? Dude, this is going to be a very interesting fucking year. This is, I think it's all dependent on what matchups we actually get. Uh, it's its a tough call. You know, you got to, to, to Sean's credit, you, you got that stalling of John Jones to worry about at heavyweight. And there's, you know, I think there is a chance that we have a heavyweight and interim heavyweight champ all through 2024 um i don't i don't hope that that's what goes i think that there is a very good chance that you know john jones ends up taking his time which you know coming with an injury it's understandable you know you don't want to rush back into something like that especially somebody of john's stature uh has a lot on the line uh, as far as his legacy, not the type of person that wants to to leave stuff to, to. I mean, we saw when when the fight fell out with Dan Henderson, and uh, they were trying to trying to get Chael Sonnen in there. You know, he's not the type of guy who's going to take a fight just to take a fight, just to be fighting. You know, he's he's very has everything mapped out. He's he's got a game plan that he's going to stick to and. I think if, you know, if we do get uh, a unification of the the belts, I think Tom Aspinall is for sure going to take it. It's he's an animal. He is unbelievable. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Like there's no way that I see anybody going up against Aspinall and getting the better of him. If we get, you know, some kind of freak injury or something like he had against uh what was it blades that he Curtis got hurt blades, against? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one pissed me off. Uh, you know, just short of some freak fucking thing like that. I I don't see anybody beating Tom Aspinall if he goes up against John Jones and gets the belt, gets a rematch with somebody like Pavlovich. Um, I think Pavlovich had the best chance at beating Aspinall, and we saw how that worked out. So. Very difficult to go against Aspinall, um, but I think you know as far as as far as heavyweight goes, it depends on what matchups we get, and if it's if it's John versus Tom, I'm going Tom. If it's John versus Stipe, I'm going John. Um, I think that you know we all know the true heavyweight champion though is it's unanimous as far as Tom Aspinall. Um, light heavyweight again depends on the matchups that we get. It's kind of light heavyweight and middleweight are both really up in the air they've been bouncing i think every single uh light heavyweight and middleweight title fight we've had over the last few years has changed hands and and new every single time and that's you know over the course of like what has it been like seven different fights altogether or so uh changing hands every single time that tells you something as far as how dominant guys like dc and john jones were um I think light heavyweight Alex Pereira is is the guy. He's the front runner. Uh, there's a lot of tough matchups that that can be made for that. If he's going against someone like Ankalaev, uh, if Jamal Hill is able to make it back to, he's in the running. He is a very tough match when he's on. Striking wise, Alex Pereira is just that dude. I don't see anybody having the striking advantage over Alex Pereira very unorthodox he's liable to get caught he's liable to get touched uh carries his hands very low 
very deceptive with his striking, lulls you into that kind of false sense of security where he's, you know, low hands, relaxed demeanor. Uh, and we saw uh, going against Yuri, we saw that he's able to strike moving backwards too, not just when he's the, the aggressor uh, trying to push the pace and, and move forward on him. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Alex Pereira uh, at the end of 2024. Uh, it, again, it's, it's, it's a toss-up, man. It's a toss-up. It depends on the matchups that we get. If we get Alex Pereira against... Uh, if we get Alex Pereira against Jamal Hill, Jamal Hill coming off an injury, uh, it, it, it's it's really hard to, to lay stock into, into Jamal Hill coming off of an injury uh, confidently. You know, uh, Jamal Hill definitely put it on Glover Teixeira, but Glover Teixeira, you know, 57 years old. He's uh, <laughs> only like 48th, <laughs> like 42. What was it? <laughs> He's up there, man. He's up there. And no, no, no disrespect to Glover Teixeira. There's, there's nobody that is uh, more dangerous and more capable of, of putting the fight and to somebody at that age. Um, but the, I don't, I don't see anybody that you would put Alex Pereira against where Pereira is the underdog, uh, especially what, you know, like Gage was saying, what he's done in the last like four years and the last four fights, he's got two belts um just insane run that he's been on an unprecedented run uh middleweight same thing i think you know if if izzy does choose to sit out i think that they rebook uh drakus versus sean i think a lot of people really want to see that rematch um but i think you know like the boys were saying there's no way, no way that they're going to pass up the opportunity to have the Izzy versus Drake is Duplessis fight for a title if it's on the table. If Izzy is willing time. to come back, he's, yeah, if Izzy's willing to come back this year, that that is who is getting the title fight. And, you know, Drake is, is, he's deceptive, man. He's one of those guys that looks, you know, at times he looks sloppy. At times he looks like he shouldn't be at the level that he's at but he just ends up putting it on people he's he's strong he's big um and his striking is just it's very deceptive uh, a lot of people had sean strickland having the striking advantage over duplicy in their matchup a lot of people you know i did i don't go either way on on the uh strickland and duplicy fight i i figured you know once it got to a decision if it wasn't going to be a draw i could i definitely understand why they gave it to duplessy i don't think it was a robbery um i think it was just you know a close fight that went went the way that it went and that's what happens you know when you have top tier guys going against each other very evenly matched that's that shit happens man um more often than it doesn't like let's be honest here people yeah, and there's, you know, you got people say robbery all the time. Robbery is not a close fight that goes, you know, one way or the other. A robbery is, uh, I say it all the time, Diego Sanchez versus Michelle Pereira. That was a robbery. That's, clear. you know, somebody who is clearly winning the fight, not getting the win is a robbery. Um, if Izzy chooses to sit out, I think the, uh, I think trying to work Hamzat in there 
is something that the UFC will be looking to do. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get Hamzat against somebody in a number one contenders fight. I don't think Hamzat has done anywhere near enough to warrant a middleweight title shot. But right. I think worst, worst case scenario, I think Duplessy holds the belt for most of the year while they hash out who the next uh, number one contender is, whether it's Hamzat versus Strickland Hamzat versus Cannoneer, Strickland versus Cannoneer. Um, there's that Whitaker. shuffle for Whitaker. Yeah, he's always in the mix, too. We got him. Uh, he's going against Costa next, right? Allegedly. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> that, <failed> twice yeah. <laughs> so there, you know, if the Whitaker-Costa fight works out, who knows? We could see Robert Whitaker jump in and get the rematch against Duplessis for the belt. And... <sighs> man it's tough it's tough um but all in all you know i think what it comes down to is whatever izzy decides to do if israel adesanya decides to bring it back in this year they throw him in and uh we see you saw how izzy came back against alex Pereira, so we know that izzy uh coming off of his losses uh Pereira and blockowitz he came back and uh i think after blockowitz didn't he come back and like knock out costa or something yeah no that was i'm pretty sure that was right away yeah so izzy coming off a loss is a dangerous dude and yeah. with the the beef that they got uh you know with with all the build-up that they have it's a big money fight it's a very anticipated fight i say if izzy comes back this year i see izzy man on a mission out for vengeance out for blood out to you know secure that legacy i'm gonna i'm gonna make it unanimous across the board i got aspinall Pereira, and izzy there you have it folks you heard it here first that is who we think will be ending the year as champion of the heavyweight, light heavyweight, and middleweight divisions. That's all she wrote, folks. We are all done. It has been great hanging out with y'all in the fight pit, previewing a little bit of UFC fight night, Hermanson versus Piper. It is going down this Saturday, February 10th at the Apex in Las Vegas. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you tune in early because there are some unbelievable fights on the prelims on this one. Until the next time, that is Sean. That's Drew. That is off-brand Drew. I am hippie Drew apparently that's heavyweight champ Drew and uh, uh, until the next time this has been the Drew podcast slash the fight pit peace